Have you ever wondered how to unleash your creativity? Can creativity really be enriched by learning from different aspects of your life? Look no further as I have a special guest with me today, Monica Kang, a workplace innovation expert, founder of Innovators Box, and the author of Rethink Creativity. Monica, welcome to my show, Curry Up Startup Podcast, a podcast to celebrate Asian entrepreneurs. Thank you for having me. Monica, so I know you do a lot of great work in the field of creativity. Can you really bring creativity to someone who doesn't really feel confident about themselves? Tell us a little bit more about it and what sparked you to embark on this creativity journey? Absolutely. First, everyone can always be more creative, no matter what they think of creativity in the definition, and can always improve how they can be more creative. Uh, so the way I think about it is see health. You know, everyone is born with different physical conditions, but we always can be healthier if we choose to live healthier, right? So and it's health is not just about exercising and going to the gym, but it's also about what you eat, what you think, how much you sleep, how much you take care of yourself. Uh, it's that holistic thing. And if that's how we know how much effort it takes for a physical muscle, how, what are we doing for our mental muscle, right? So our creative thinking muscles. And that's where I help leaders particularly rethink about what it means to be creative. It's not just trying to innovatively solve a problem they have right in front of them, but it's really looking through that holistic lens of, how do you actually live more creatively, holistically as you think through that? Uh, and that's a whole mindset shift in a way of different living, which is super exciting because when you do wear that lens, it's like getting clarity uh, and better understanding how you solve the problems in different ways. And of course, more practice helps, uh, but certainly so much more than just, you know, one aspect. Creativity is a very amazing concept, Monica, because I remember when I sat in your workshop a couple of years ago, you know, I walked into it, I was like, creativity, that's not really my cup of tea. But And you know, when I walked out of it, I really felt inspired. I felt there was another part of my brain that just, you know, got unleashed. How do you make that magic happen? Any insights that you can share with your audience? Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that anecdote. It, you know, it means a lot. I think as someone um, who traditionally was in a non-creative space, um, if we met a few years ago, I mean, I tell folks that, you know, I would have told you my only career kind of big goal was being a diplomat. And because my specialty was in nuclear weapon security, and I was in government track for a long time of my career. And what I quickly realized is that the reason why it's hard for us to understand about creativity, or there's a lot of stigma as a leader, is that a lot of the resources out there are mostly led by artists, psychologists, and researchers, which are fantastic. But there's not a lot of people can understand in a way that comes from people like me or people like yourselves who might be in different environments where we're actually surrounded with all these different deadlines, Excel sheets, projects, and scratching your heads like, you know, I'm not really sure if creativity is for me. And so because my background comes from that aspect, I found that how can I help shape activities, help shape conversations, and wire that frame to better understand and have people walk away and realize, wow, yes, it is possible, and this is how I can do. And for me, I found that both from research and experiences that the best way we learn and change that way of thinking differently is learning by doing. 
it's not about um, me giving a formula and saying like, here, memorize this and just copy and paste this. It's more of like, how can I give this experience and how can I create this shape and shape this so that way when participants experience it, when participants learn by doing through these activities, they're going to have their own aha moments. And as you have shared, walk away with their insights and what they need to understand what creative strengths means for them, how they can hone it and how they can practice. And so, uh, I mean, one example I like to share as a different anecdote is comparison is like, think about coffee or food. Uh, you can give as much ingredient description about what this is, but it's never going to be the same as you just trying it, right? You just tasting coffee, you just ex tasting that amazing food and you walk away really like I had a really amazing meal. Like, how can I have that again? That felt healthy. That felt enriched. Like I feel really good in my stomach and my, and how I feel. That's, I think, how creativity should be learned, not just like this is the ingredient, but this is how you experience it. Because when you do, you're likely to crave for it more and you're likely to understand how you want to integrate that into your life um, and have a more healthier, creative mindset as you walk through, even more important as a leader. That's very true. And thanks for helping our listeners understand what creativity means in our personal life. Tell me, Monica, you work with a lot of people, a lot of different organizations. What's the biggest barrier that you see in your audiences that's stopping them from being creative? Great question. There's a lot of things. I think two or three patterns that come to mind is one, often at the end of the day, if that leadership has a fixed mindset and does not give enough actual financial or resources to cultivate that creativity, that's when it gets really hard. And whether that's working with me or not, the rest of the people are there every single day, right? Most of their day, they see what's been talked and what's been walked. And with that, when that is not aligned, that's when people lose trust and faith and get discouraged. Um, I think a second example is when there is also uncertainty and inconsistency in what that creativity innovation means. And that's in a way even more dangerous than a company that has never thought about it because there's now a history of losing trust. So imagine a leader who walks into a room and says, hey, let's do these creative projects. I want to hear all your ideas. He collect, he or she collected all the ideas, but then nothing happened. And let's say that, that was happening at least five times every other month. As an employee in that room, how do you think you would feel? You're going to instantly feel less trusting and more of confusion the next time that person says hey i want to collect ideas like yeah right like what are you actually going to do with it i haven't seen you actually execute anything um and so that history makes it even harder to then rebuild that trust even more so when it's a new person coming in and so that's a challenge that when it's new leadership who's really meaning good intention to really be thoughtful about being mindful of the history that you might need some healing to do and kind of trust building for those who have that history and want to break that as an employee, think about how you protect your boundaries and um, really protecting your psychological safety. I think when those are underestimated and unappreciated and have a lack of consistency, that's where things fall apart. Uh, not just with creativity, but you know the whole culture and how the team operates. Because to be creative... Uh, you really have to have a team that feels comfortable speaking on different opinions, sharing something that somebody else might disagree, be comfortable sharing different ideas, right? And be comfortable being able to problem solve 
at the risk of things not working well. For that all to happen, you need a core trust that's built. And I think leaders forget that just simply doing a workshop, just simply having a slogan that says innovation does not equal to that trust building process, which takes time. Uh, think about how long it takes for us to sometimes build a friendship among friends. Just because you have everyone on social media as a friend doesn't mean they're at the same level of friendship or even in a family member. Um, even goes deeper within a workplace where you might exchange emails all the time, but you might still not know this person. How do you really trust to share your crazy, cool ideas and know that you're going to work together? Right, Monica, because it takes time to nurture these relationships and being in a space where you feel like, hey, I really want to be part of this project. You need to get a sense of you know, acknowledgement that your ideas are taken all the way to the implementation phase. But again, as you see the future of work evolving, these are concepts that we as leaders need to be more focused on. Absolutely. And I'll also add, for because I also get the joy of meeting people who do this extremely well, because not only they become our clients and friends and allies, but you know they're on... Um, they're often the leading ones in this effort. And what I find is that they often have three things. One, regardless of what their company is like and what their colleagues are like, no matter how grim the situation is, they've learned how to get back up. And I think that's critical for listeners who are leaders who's thinking like, well, you have no control about your environment, right? You have no control over how other people think, but you can at least think about how you can constantly improve where your situation is and how you respond to those situations. So I have some friends that I know, for instance, like this person has received no for six years and they he was still able to accomplish his goal by being persistent. That's a lot of resilience um, and a lot of reflecting to understand where your boundary is. Number two is also those individuals tend to have other people that they know they can model and be a, see themselves in the future. So they would have either mentors or role models close to their life. And I think that's critical because at the end of the day, people really want to be understood and appreciated for their different ideas and what they could do. And if they see real role models in their workplace um, or outside, and they have someone who's supporting them and believe in them, that gives them motivation and understanding how they can get back up again. And third, most importantly, they're seeing clearly how it aligns with their strength and they can see visible progress. And so what's important is those leaders often have very good self-awareness of where their strength and weakness are and what stimulates them to be um, happy, uh, discouraged, encouraged, uh, the more they understand that, the easier it becomes to curate those experiences and as an individual and as a leader. So those are uh, three things I'll share that I found as habit, Par particular elements of good leaders who've been innovative and things hopefully the listeners could think about what, what they can do. Absolutely. I'm quite sure the listeners here would, would be appreciative of the insights that you shared. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Monica. I know you had, you know, your regular traditional job and then the journey towards creativity happened. When you look back, how does it feel? You know, you meet a lot of people. You're the author of Rethink Creativity. You run your own company successfully. When you look back, how does life feel so far? Very messy that connects the dot in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us do, right? <laughs> And it's funny, I was thinking about how, you know, hindsight vision is 2020, like how that's always going to be so true. Asked my 
20 year earlier self, you know, where I would be in life right now, I would have never envisioned where I am now. So it gives both the excitement and then the uncertainty as well as hence the excitement of knowing that we have no idea what the next five days, even the five years, 10, 20 years would look like. And I do hope that that's a reminder for current leaders and aspiring leaders to think about. Don't limit what you think it means to be a leader and what your role and impact could be based on what you know right now, because it's finite. Um, the way we live and work is going to continue to change. And hopefully you're getting better at what you do and you're becoming a better leader. I think as long as we're making improvements that I'm being a better person than who I was yesterday and I'm being a better leader than I was, you know, yesterday, I think every step of that puzzle makes a difference. That's great to hear. I'm very curious. You teach about how do you unleash your creativity. How do you do it for yourself? How do you continue to be in the creative mindset phase? Yeah, so I do a lot of things that I tell other people because I know it works. <laughs> yeah. A couple examples is when I do business trips and I know I have a couple more extra days that I'm in town, I always make it an intention to look up different um, events in the neighborhood where I don't know anything or free events, ideally, because I'm not trying to spend more money, but like at least learn and meet new people. And then, or two, if I uh, am at a conference, I try to attend programs where I don't know a lot of things and see who else I meet and what I learn. I like reading a lot of different articles and books on topics that I don't know. I love watching movies on topics that I don't seem to care as well as topics that I care about. And these are all ways I'm actually curating content and learning and stimulating my brain to stay open-minded and constantly asking different questions like right now like the past few days for instance like I was I would be reading a magazine about how like the current retail business legacy companies are dying and then I'm also reading a fiction by Neil Gaiman because I love his imagination and then I'm also reading um a book right now this book actually in korea that's talking about the 90s generation of the gen z and how everyone's confused at how they under work in the workplace and then another uh, movie that articulates about climate change and in my head that's all quite connected because one for me it's new information and i get excited learning about it and it's stimulating my creativity and curiosity uh that, that my curiosity which stimulates my creativity so it's less so about i should do this because it's going to help me be creative it's more of like let me just start picking on things that I'm actually curious and why I'm wondering which will naturally then bring my creativity and funny enough all of these are actually now connecting the dots in how I'm putting together some of my essays right now and articles uh, but if I approach them thinking for that purpose then I wouldn't have been able to connect the dots and so that's one thing I constantly keep in mind is how can I continue to read and learn um, on different topics and just uh, be intentional about how I do that and as well as intentional about things I don't do. So I, I plan out my days I'm going to play and not do anything because uh, you, you need a break. <laughs> if you're always just creating, creating and making decisions, then your brain is in a constant reactive phase and not a pause which makes it actually very hard to be creative as well as innovating or creating anything because you're constantly in one form of action, not stimulating and processing it. So those are two or three things I've been doing a lot. Quite a lot of things that you're doing, Monica. And I really like the fact that the fear of unknown, which most of us see as a 
as a barrier towards approaching a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But you've been successful in seamlessly incorporating it as part of your lifestyle. I think that's a great way to look at life as well, because most of the times we're like, hey, that's not really my subject area of expertise. Why should I be even, you know, delving into that aspect? But it all connects into creativity. It has inspired me, Monica. I feel like I need to dabble on, onto something that I don't usually find in my own pathway. You've put yourself in a mindset where you're inviting different kinds of experiences. And I think that will definitely help us being a better person every day. Absolutely. I mean, another way I think about it is that nobody criticizes someone for liking Thai food, Japanese food, Mexican, pizza, Korean. It's like, oh, yeah, you like a lot of different things. But if you have interest in even careers or like, I know it's important to have like a niche and like, I think it is helpful, but I do hope that we see more cross collaboration and we see more multiple disciplinaries. It's not that, you know, you're an engineer architect and all of that, um, doesn't need one focus, but even as an engineer, like, wouldn't you want engineers to like be more empathetic about the products they build, like an engineer who actually maybe understands the history and then they think about the architectural impact or maybe someone who's a doctor, but then understands on that whole design experience of how their patients come into the hospital instead of just the doctor practice, like having more people who are in mixed thinking, um, I think it's not going to help only those individuals, but the whole people who's going to experience those in different ways as a consumer, as an individual. Um, I think to be able to see that future and know that one day we're going to get there and hopefully I could be of help along the way, that's hugely exciting and something that motivates me and why we do what we do. I've really been inspired, as I mentioned, about the work that you do. And I'm quite sure people out there really appreciate, you know, you sharing insights on how to be more creative in our everyday aspect of life. With that being said, we're going to go into our rapid fire section. So Monica, are you ready for it as a creative person? Uh Oh, okay. Got my got my drink here. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Got my tea. You know, as you said, it's the fear of the uncertain. I'm quite sure you're going to ace this section. I'm going to share a word and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Innovation. Openness. Meeting people. Exciting. Travel. Exciting and also operationally savvy. <laughs> I'm quite sure you are. Your favorite book? My all-time is Little Prince. I do. I am biased about liking my own book too. But right now I am rereading Good to Great by Jim Collins and I've been really enjoying that. That's a fantastic book. And hey, there are people out there who really love your book and I'm one among them. We think creativity. We've come to the final section of our podcast. This is called Toot Your Horn. You know, this podcast, I want to make sure it's a way to reflect on the accomplishments that we have. And it's an amazing place where you can really toot about yourself. Describe yourself in a word or two in your native language. An innovator who has not been afraid to take the path less travel. And I say this because I, um, I've i been a big fan of also the poem uh, Robert Frost on, you know, what will you do when you have the two paths at the end and you take the road less travel. Korean phrase I, I love uh, is a saying called which is the darkest place is right under the candle. And it's referring to how our blind spots are very close to our strength. 
and how you should always be mindful and the shiner you're bright your blind spots might be bigger so you want to be mindful of both celebrating and being mindful of your blind spots wow that's a very philosophical way of looking at things and but i'm so glad you've shared these uh, insights that are very close to your heart thank you for asking hey absolutely so monica i know you've been very successful in your own way what's the biggest challenge that you're seeing for the next for the rest of the year i'm looking to figure out how do we continue to innovate ourselves internally as we continue to deliver our clients demand in addition to wanting to expand that demand in that scope uh, both location wise and type of projects wise so that's a problem solving i'm going through on top of then still making time for personal time and not being burned out and so it's a mix of how do i constantly then structure and take the path where i'm growing but i'm also making sure i'm resting uh, that work-life balance question i think is always a Thing that more people are thinking about and I know my clients are thinking about as well and so I would like to find better solutions better resources not just for myself but something that I hope that maybe we can creatively help solve and how our workforce thinks about that those are amazing challenges Monica and I'm very grateful for the fact you've opened up your life and shared your personal journey as well as the challenges that are happening in your professional space and how you plan to go about it not just for yourself but Having that people-centric attitude is very crucial. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, that was Monica Kang, workplace innovation expert, founder of Innovators Box, and an amazing person to get to know who will make you feel that creative mindset is something that each one of us could possess. Thank you, Monica, for sharing your wisdom. And uh, I really love the fact that you're looking at the unknown, the uncertainties in your life, and feeling that you can ace them head on is something that each one of us uh, have learned from this episode today. And you need to celebrate and be mindful of the blind spots in your life. I think those are great insights to leave our listeners thinking about. Well, until the next episode, keep thinking about Monica's wonderful insights. And we look forward to having you guys on our next episode soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>